Mr. Robert Clark, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for the interest. Mr. Clark, you have written this interesting book, Down Inside. First of all, let's get a, a sense of Down Inside. What does that mean exactly? Down Inside was a term that we used when I first experienced uh, the prison service from the inside. People who have read the book will see that I started as a student volunteer in 1978. And when I called to arrange my first visit to the prison, I was told the person I wanted to speak to was not available because they were, quote, down inside. And that was the term used to describe the area of the prison where the, uh, where the prisoners live and where they spend the bulk of their time. So that would include the prison yard, the gymnasium, weight room, and the cell blocks. Now, this book that you have written is actually kind of the second version. You, you had a, a large part of a first version completed, and it got lost in one of those typical computer failures. How did the second book, written much later, differ from your first idea? I would say, Mark, that the second book is more reflective. Um, I think the first book was, how should I put it, um, a little bit more hostile. It, it was my reaction to the Harbor government's tough-on-crime agenda. When I saw the changes that were going to be coming through, I was just aghast. Indeed, in the book, you, you note the difference between when you started and current ideas about incarceration. Tell me how that evolved over 30 years of your experience. Well, um, I guess it, 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 it really has to do with my firsthand experience starting from the very beginning. My initial experiences with federal prisoners was extremely positive. And uh, part of the reason for that, I guess, is because I was always very respectful and very cordial in my treatment of them. Uh, it's when the staff mistreat the prisoners or begin to see them as something less than a human being that you get into trouble. Because the prisoners can sense it, and they become, I guess, uh, over time, increasingly incensed at the, uh, what I would call uh, sometimes uh, mistreatment. When you started, there was less the idea of armed guards and separation from the prisoners. There was, there was more closer contact with them as opposed to now where it seems, uh, if I understand your book correctly, we've adopted kind of an American model where the guards are kept isolated and protected and not necessarily so much in contact with the prisoners. And you kind of think that's not necessarily the best way to do things. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, in the prisons of today, you see, well, I'll go back a little bit. When I worked in the cell blocks and I opened uh, cell doors and locked cell doors, we did it by hand with a key. And this put us into face-to-face -face contact with all the prisoners living there every day, several times a day. So we would, over time, build rapport. And there were guys you could joke around with. There were guys who you could uh, give instructions to that didn't feel you were uh, didn't feel you were being disrespectful um, because they knew who you were and they knew that wasn't your way. So there was a lot of success came out of positive face-to-face staff-prisoner interaction. And that has been decreased over time because now cell doors are often opened up with the push of a button somewhere else um, where we used to patrol the yard and the gym with radios and talk to the prisoners who were there. Now they have closed-circuit video cameras that uh, oversee these areas, and the staff don't tend to venture out so much. So there's less interaction between staff and prisoners than there used to be. And how does that affect life, though? Um, I think it makes 
the prisons less predictable. Um, and, you know, when you have no face-to-face contact with them, you don't get to know them as people, and it becomes even easier to mistreat them. What was it like for you and, and other guards to deal with some of the most horrific criminals or, or criminals who have committed some of the most horrific crimes? Did, did that not play on your psyche to have to be nice to, to people who are, I guess, uh, and at times in their life, horrible? Yeah, um, I guess, Mark, I would say I didn't see it so much as being nice as being businesslike and professional. Um, it cost me nothing to talk to these men like they're, uh, uh, like they're normal people. It cost me nothing to do that, and it goes a long way to maintaining uh, what I would call a safe prison environment, which is ultimately uh, the final goal every day. Nonetheless, though, it's a really horrible environment at times when you get, as you point out in the book, sometimes the guards would get urine thrown at them or spat on or bitten. It it must be a a tough life for a guard in some cases. Uh, Yes, it can be. It can be for sure. Luckily, those things tend to be rare. What about PTSD, though? Because, again, you, you know, there are murders in prison and horrible things that happen there. And as you say, the constant, in some cases, for some guards, I suppose, yelling at and threats uh, against them and so on and so forth, uh, surely this must be create a tough life for these people in their own minds. Uh, yes, I'm sure it does. I know it's, uh, I would say, over the 30 years that I was employed, it had an overall negative impact on me. I do know that there are people who worked in the system that were later diagnosed with, uh, with PTSD, um, but I don't know the exact circumstances. But yes, you're right. It is a difficult environment at the best of times. So, Mr. Clark, with your 30 years of experience in Canada's federal prison system, what would you say should be done that isn't being done, perhaps? Well, I guess what I would say, Mark, is that, is, is that the system we have currently in Canada is one that is focused on secure custody. And I think that we need a system that is focused on rehabilitation um, because I think, that's what, um, I think that's what's expected by Canadians. And I think that's what other civilized societies around the world are doing more and more. I think there's some very uh, evidence or good um, uh, evidence-based successes around the world, particularly in some of the Scandinavian countries. Uh, where putting rehabilitation first um, has had some really good results. Robert Clark, thank you very much for this. A, a most interesting look inside a place where hopefully none of most of us will never see. Thank you, Mark, very much for your interest again.